Today on the Av Podcast, we celebrate the upcoming NBA All-Star Weekend with a twist. So this weekend is going to be a big celebration of the history of the game, where the NBA will be celebrating its top 75 greatest players of all time. And if you're a hoops head, you'll be seeing a ton of stuff on it, shit. You're probably seeing a ton of stuff on the Legends right now. So in the essence of that, I wanted to do a top five list, and normally I don't do a ton of these lists, but... With the celebration of the 75, I wanted to focus this list on the top five most influential players of all time between the lines. This list isn't about how you move culture or how much shoes you sold, how many businesses you own, how many endorsements. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's all about how that player changed the game on the floor and how much of that you know player's style was mimicked. How many players followed in their footsteps after them? Did they affect rule changes? Did their games affect the generation behind them? It's a harder list than you think. But, you know, with that said, I hope you enjoy this one. I'm joined by Bill Gagne of the Royal City Hoops Podcast as we share our top five list together. Um, we discuss the possible multiple potentially awkward moments and possible beefs among the top 75 gatherings. And we share our thoughts on the all-time coaches list. And we have a little convo about the Grizzlies' old school spirit. South Survivors is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Hit the like and the favorite buttons, please, please, please. Click those five stars for me, please, like the, like the good, warm-hearted people that you are. And on SouthShirav.com, you can check out my catalog of all my podcast shows, including the Super Bowl 56 postgame show. Check it out. Once again, that's SouthShireAve.com. It's the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shirav Radio. Top five. Welcome to the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shirav Radio. Welcome to the Ave Podcast, where I'm joined by the Royal City Hoops podcaster himself, Bill Gagney. Um, before we get into the most influential players between the lines of all time, or our top five, the All-Star Weekend is coming up. There's going to be a celebration of the top 75 players of all time in the NBA for the league's 75th anniversary. But, Bill, I don't know if you realize that there happens to be a lot of drama bubbling behind the scenes right now. And, and the biggest one being Scotty and MJ. <laughs> because if, if it's anything like like how they did you know 25 years ago ironically in cleveland for the 50th anniversary there's going to be a lot of group meetings and like get-togethers for that for that for that group specifically and i don't know what you feel about this man I, at least i don't hear people talking about it a lot but there's going to be a hell of a lot of awkwardness in those rooms man and and i mean I think only 60 out of the 75 will be attending because, I mean, obviously some people have passed on and stuff. So, like, that room gets pretty small pretty quick, you know, amongst those people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love awkwardness, so I would be all about it. <laughs> and, you know, we live in a, in a world full of media. I think the NBA will try to find a way to keep it under wraps, but at the same time, you know, how many podcasts are out there? Somebody's going to talk to somebody, you know. All you need to do is put a mic in front of Charles Oakley and he'll tell you what he thinks. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he can't stop talking about him slapping Charles Barkley in the face. 
like I think I think like half the book is being is being uh pressed up about that alone it feels like but that's like at least a part of the press tour but it um yeah like it, it's it's definitely going to get out it's going to get out 100% oh, yeah. there's there's too much awkwardness like you think Scotty and MJ that last dance like Scotty basically bazooka whatever was left of his relationship with Jordan you know with his whole response with his book and you know every chance he got is basically trying to bash Jordan which to this day, honestly, Bill, I still don't get because, I mean, with that Last Dance documentary, not to get into a whole conversation about that, but, like, what did they say about Scotty that was, like, completely outlandish or, like, like really embarrassed him? I don't I, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I, at least, I'm like, I'm saying to this degree where, like, you're, li- you're literally trying to shotgun every morsel of a relationship with Jordan and it's like okay but what did he say or put out that was like that deflammatory that you you want to like cut his head off I don't understand well maybe this is like um fake rapper beef where they use it to sell records and Scotty used it to sell books right but uh, is it but is it like MJ's in on the story and they're just gonna hug on like on Saturday like is that how that's gonna work like I hope but I mean I don't think that's how this is no, I think this is Scotty seeing an opportunity to get another paycheck. I mean, maybe he is hurt. Why would you come out with a book, though? I know. Like, why do you need a book? You're, you're like a guy in his 50s. Like, do you really need to concern yourself with what other people think? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one with the problem that I don't care what anybody thinks. No, but 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 the thing is, you, you can have a book at any time. That's fine. If Scotty Pippen came out with a book, during any other period cool you know what i mean i might even read it but this it, right. it feels like one of those things like this book was basically out of spite that's <laughs> what i mean it's perfect timing right it's out of spite like the book is completely out of spite so it's like how am i gonna take this seriously like you're just you're angry and you made a book out of it like really you know and it's like <laughs> I, I don't i don't get it man you know, but it's but but MJ is going to be interesting, man, because you know him and Barkley don't talk to each other. You know him him and LeBron aren't crazy about each other either. Him and Isaiah aren't crazy about each other. It's it's you, you mean and you, you, you don't, don't take a pattern with Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> plus plus you even have like KD and James Harden. They're going to be in that that top seventy five room together too, right? And especially right after this trade. You saw what happened to the All Star, the, the All Star selections when he, when you know, when he, when he got snubbed. <laughs> yeah. you know, that was probably one of the most funniest things I saw in a while in, in the NBA. I was watching that <laughs> live when that happened. I was, I was, I was rolling when that was happening. It was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny because you heard, you heard maybe about halfway through, you heard Barkley laughing, and they're like, "Why are you laughing?" Yeah. And Barkley's like, "I can't say it. You just, but you knew why he was laughing." And it just yeah. became funny after that with every player they selected and it wasn't James. It was just, it was high comedy, man. Yeah, well, I mean, that that scenario in and of itself is its own drama. I mean, you, a lot of drama going on in the NBA right now. And I, I don't feel like it's new to the NBA. I think what's new is like our access to it, right? Yeah. Everybody's got their own platform. So, you know, you're hearing it all. Yeah, which I love. I love it. I love all of it. Of course, it. of course, content is king right now. But of of course, a hundred percent, we love it. Like, well, and so much of it is really good. Like JJ Reddick has his his stuff is great. Yeah, you know, 
the knuckleheads. I mean, there's just so many, you know, all the smoke. You're just yeah. getting all of it, right? I, man. I am, I am athlete. These are their friends. I am athlete yeah. is good too. It's really good too. I like I am athlete as well, but yeah, like it's 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 wild, man. Like everybody's we're in that space where everybody and their mother's got <laughs> we're talking, but everybody and their mother's got a pod. You know, I, yeah. I I feel like I was ahead of the curve at least, like in terms of like because <laughs> I came out what like five six years ago, but but goddamn, like it's you know sometimes sometimes people hit you up like yo you gonna come up I'm like you have a pod I'm like okay you know, like, <laughs> all right shit <laughs> you know, sure, like, why not? like it's just it's just, uh, it's just wild but yeah like I said this this weekend like. You're probably not going to hear anything initially because you're right. Like the NBA is gonna, they're gonna blanket a lot of that over, but it's gonna seep yeah. out. It's all gonna seep out. So I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm not, I don't really care about the weekend per se right now because it's gonna be a, a giant love fest at least publicly. But wait a few weeks. Let's wait a few weeks. It's just, it's like you know what it's like. It's, <laughs> it's almost like you know the Boxing Day, day shit, Boxing Day sale. Like yeah. everybody's doing their shopping Christmas and stuff. We're just like, ah, just wait to Boxing Day. Everything's going to be half off. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Well, Don't worry about it. Yeah. But you, when we were kids, they did that. Now Boxing Day, it's like, yeah, get 5% off. I'm I like, know. wait. <laughs> I just I just waited in line for 5%. Nah. Is that, that's was, so true. That's so true. The, the, just, the days of it being 5% off is over. Yeah. Yeah, you're, man. You're so, you're so right about that. But that's the thing, like they're it's gonna be super awkward because they're like, if it's anything like it was twenty five years ago, they're gonna be signing paraphernalia. I mean, they got remember that. Oh like, yeah. Like there's gonna be they're gonna just like I said, there's gonna be a lot of meetings, a lot of signings, a lot of picture taking. Uh, I mean, these guys are looking forward to it. But I, I, it's funny. I see like if 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 there's a positive that comes out to it, this is most likely gonna be uh, Bill Russell's last, um, like. Yeah, appearance of this magnitude, and he's kind of like I could. I feel like, you know, he might put a stop to some of these issues just because he's he's got that oracle thing about him at this point. Well, I think I think what you'll run into is uh, the guys realizing like let's not bite the hand that feeds us, right? This is about the NBA, and let's not embarrass this league that gave us all these things. Nonetheless, that doesn't mean there won't be some things that people are gonna you know say and do. I just find it funny because you got like the generation of the old angry men, you know, think about magic and LeBron, like magic just left the Lakers and didn't tell anybody. Like it just made an announcement and like, they all found out about it. Like on Twitter, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the old guys, like they don't like the new, like everybody's friends and all get along. So I think you're going to have a little bit of that. Like, Think about KD and Barkley, you know, you're going to put them in a room. Well, you know? I think, I think they're cool now because KD's got a podcast, but I, I watched the one with Barkley. Barkley was on it. It was actually pretty good. I, I actually like KD a lot, even though he's sort of very mercurial. Mm -hmm. he, you get the fact that like, he's very smart and yeah. he tries to separate himself as a person from basketball. From basketball. Yeah. Right? It's not one in the and same with him. He's somebody that you look at maybe one day, the best thing he might ever do might not have anything to do ba with basketball because of all the other stuff he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, the gen this generation is very different. Whereas, you know, bird magic, Barkley, Sha like those guys were all about basketball 
nothing else, and then you got to be a competitor. You got to hate people. It, it, it's just very a very interesting dynamic going forward. But with with that said, though, it's kind of why I, I I have a crush on Memphis because like, I feel like they're bringing that they're kind of bringing a little bit of that that I don't really like you vibe back. Like I, I like that. I, I like that. It's a little bit different. Like they're a little bit different that way. Like they come, I, I they feel come like- in, they're talking shit. They don't care, man. Like Morant, they don't care. Like what did Morant say the other day? He he, he climbs up the chimney for the smoke. They that's what that's. And they've been like that for a while. <laughs> they've been like that. That's not just this year. Like when you watch, like the first rumbling yeah. of that is when Iguodala got traded over there, and he didn't want no parts of the team. And they're basically like, yeah, well, you know what? Fuck him, fuck him. Well, we can't wait to see him. Yeah. It's like, dude, you guys aren't even anything yet. How y'all talking like this? You know. <laughs> I, I like the fact that it's – I don't think they're – maybe he's talking like they're looking for the smoke, but when you watch them play, they are it, – it's more of an attitude that they don't care whether you like them or not. Yeah. They're not trying to be angry and hateful. They're aggressive, and if you don't like it, they don't care. Yeah, and I love it. Whereas the old school is like punch first, shoot second, you know, like <laughs> – it's like Kenny Kenny Smith line is like we're either gonna win the game or we're gonna win the fight like one or the other. Right. You know? we're so winning, we're winning something today. Yeah, you watch Memphis play, and and I just really enjoy the swagger, and you know it's just talking junk. They're just talking junk. It's not anything serious, right? But I but I yeah. I just love that they have that energy about them because it's it is yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah like the the fact that it, it is like I said it's it's a different time where everybody's buddy buddy with each other and. Like in some ways, it's I understand it because you know AAU stuff and you know the way guys change teams and they're all out at these same tournaments all the time. It's not the same. Like the the hate isn't isn't the same. I I get that. I can I get why it will be like that. But you don't want it to all be the same all the time. I'm not saying you want negative stuff, but like like it's it's cool to have something a little different. And that's why I I love Memphis among so many other things. But like I love that part about them that that they're just a little yeah. different than everybody else. It's it's it's. I feel it's very much between the lines, right? We're going to compete. Yep. They don't they don't tell you what you want to hear, and if you don't like it, they're okay with it. But they're not like they're not pressing the issue. Right. If you ask, they'll talk about it, but they're not out there, volu- you know, volunteering it. Yeah. You saw Desmond Bain get into it with LeBron. Like, yeah, good for you. Yeah. LeBron didn't like it, but they, it wasn't like they were. You know they were being dirty or whatever. They were just playing the game, yeah. And uh, you know, putting the wood to the Lakers. So, <laughs> yep, yeah. But they didn't care. They didn't care. Like I said, but that's 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 my favorite. That I mean, if that's the, yeah. the thing that's part of, I guess, the throwback to our generation is that. Like you're right. It doesn't come from a hateful perspective, but it's just basically like a, I don't care who you are. I'm coming to take from you, and I'm going to talk shit about it. And ain't nothing you can do about it. And it's and I love it. I love it. I, I love that we have that. At least a team like that. I hope, I hope there's a couple of more that come through. I think you see a shift in sort of the attitude of the buddy buddy. Like if you look you at do. You do. the four the four players that I love to watch, they're maybe on the top five of my list. They're, you know, Ja, Luka, Jokic, um, Giannis, Lamelo, oh, and and uh, Zion, like they're at the top of my list. One, they're they're super laid back and fun, but you know what? They're also going to give it to you. 
you know, they're going to talk smack. They're going to get in your chest. They're not backing down, you know, so it's very different than, than some of the buddy, buddy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. When it's time to lock in, Hey, you might be my friend, but first one to the ball wins. And if I got to run you over to get there, Hey, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to be in a club together tomorrow and it's cool. And that's, that's all, that's all good. Yeah. That's yeah, all, but that's there, so it's it's definitely you see an evolution, right, of that, and and those guys are a different breed than the buddy buddy that everybody else is. And, so, and you know what I like about it too is is um, you know, like you're starting to see like 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 especially this this with this trade with Philly and and Brooklyn last week. The potential for that rivalry to, to blossom, like I can't wait to see what happens with it. At this stage, it's like it's it's almost like refreshing to have like an actual like rivalry where there's there's a possibility where two teams actually just don't like each other. We haven't had that in basketball in a long time. Like even Golden State and Cleveland, they played against each other in four finals, but you never felt like they didn't like each other. You know what I mean? They tolerated each other. They were cool, they, but you didn't feel like yeah. you didn't feel like they don't really like each other. You know. I think the last one I can really remember was probably the Celtics and whatever team LeBron was on. Yeah, that no, you're right. You're right. That would, that would probably be the last one where it was just like, yeah, this is the same. This ain't nice. Yeah. Um, and saying, you know, anything to do with Kobe. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that too. That, so. That too, but. But it's I don't, I don't mind it, but it's nice. It's nice to see like a rivalry where you like. I think the other thing about the idea that there'll be a rivalry is they will actually play games against each other, or there's the potential that they will play games against each other when it matters in the playoffs. So that's what builds a real that's rivalry. That's what builds it up. Like I said, I you know I I know the last time I think one of the last times you were on the podcast, I was asking the question about. Like Phoenix and Golden State, like that could still be a thing, and 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 the way it's lining up, they may meet up in the in the playoffs. If the if if the standings finish the way it is, I mean we're too far to to determine that right now. But like if it ended the way it is right now, that Memphis Golden State one, that's gonna be something. You know what I mean? Because that's gonna be something special. You know, and I was, yep. and I revert back to Brooklyn and Brooklyn and uh, and Philly because they're in the same division. They're gonna play each other at least four times during the regular season. And if they meet up in the playoffs, good God, like, oh, my God, what more do you want from a basketball fan perspective? You know what I mean? They they don't like yeah. each other, and they're highly skilled. Yeah, and you got two characters, one on each team, or maybe two on each team that's easily not likable, right? <laughs> For somebody, yeah. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, James uh, Harden, Joel Embiid, no. And Ben Simmons. You can say Ben Simmons, too. Yeah, Ben Simmons, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's a little innocuous, though. Like, he hasn't done enough for me to be, like... The other guys, like, they get in people's faces. They're, they're, they're confrontational, yeah. you know? And James is James is such a whiner, you know, on all the flopping and stuff. So it's easy for you to see, like, oh, this, there's going to be some heat here. Man, you know, I know we're, we're, we're about to get into this, this list just now, but were you kind of, I don't know, they, they announced the top 15 coaches of all time. Was I the only one that was shocked to see Doc Rivers on that list? 
Wait, they announced the top 15 coaches? I didn't even yeah, see this. They, they, they announced the top 15 coaches. I don't have the list. I'll pull it up while I'm talking to you right now, and I'll, 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 I'll let you know the list in a second. But the, the top 15, I mean, and I guess when you think about it with Doc Rivers, it's funny because – with Doc Rivers, they've they've had so much underwhelming performances in the playoffs. You forgot that he did win a ring. Like when they're listen, when I was stunned when I saw his name, I'm like, "What is he doing there?" And they're like, "Yeah, blah 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 blah." Reading off his credentials, they're like, "And he won the title in 2008." I'm like, "Oh yeah, he did win." Like <laughs> you just forget, you totally forget. But it's like, yeah, I guess he deserves to to be on it when you really think about it. But you're like, damn, like because of all all those moments, you don't think about it the same way. Is it, but it is. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's a pretty weird. If Larry Brown's on it, you're going to put Doc Rivers on. Mm. Larry, Larry Brown's resume isn't that much different. Larry Brown's lost a lot of games. He's played for a lot of teams. And you're also going to have Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins. I, I think. Know. I know. I think Len- Lenny Wilkins at one time was both the all-time winningest and all-time losingest coach. I was never a big fan of uh, of Lenny Wilkins, to be honest with you. Good coach, but I never thought he was like this, you know, like iconic great coach. Historical purposes, yes. But I remember I was saying the other time, like when he came to Toronto, um, when he was coaching the Raptors, I, I even at the time I was like, eh. you know, people were like, oh, we got Lenny Wilkins. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like even back then yeah. I was like oh alright I guess we'll see how this goes alright yeah he's the greatest winningest coach of all alright we'll see how it goes he's lost a lot too I, I watched, those, I watched yeah. those Cleveland Cavalier teams they were good they were good though they were good I won't take it with they were good but his Hawks he coached the Hawks, the Hawks too the Hawks well, yeah right Like eh, they're alright you know he could coach other teams eh, they're okay I'm going to tell you the one that's surprising to me right now. For a guy who hasn't coached a decade, Steve Kerr's on this list. I know. I was kind of surprised yeah. at that, too. I get it I'm, because he's won so much games in such a short span because he's really he's been coaching for, what, like six years? Six yeah, years. I don't know. And that's not trying to take away and say he doesn't belong on the list. But that's a short resume, right? Mm-hmm. Um. You, there's other names. Eric Spolstra, that doesn't surprise me no. that much. I mean, he's an incredible coach. Greg Popovich, you yeah, know. Yeah, self-explanatory. Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach. Casey Jones. Those are easy. Pat Riley, like, those are layups. Yeah. You know, after that, Chuck Daly won two rings with the Pistons. Yeah, um, but I would say he was pretty legendary, though. Like I, I like I, I when I saw his yeah. list, I'm cool with that. Even Casey Jones, but Casey Jones won like three championships. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, and you know, with Chuck Daly, he coached the Dream Team. He mm-hmm. coached the Pistons, and they were excellent teams. He coached Cleveland before that, and they were they were decent. And then you have like Red Holzman coached those '70s Knicks teams. Yep. Jerry Sloan, I'm not upset at him being on the list, yep. you know. So right, and he never I, won. He never won a championship. I think he's him and Don Nelson are the only two on there that's didn't win a ring. That's on that. To list. me, Don, Don Nelson's like him and Lenny Wilkins. You know, to me, they're in that group where you're just like Don Nelson was very much a mad scientist of all of this, right? Yeah. Small, like he originated small ball. Yeah. 
It's 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 an interesting list, but yeah, Doc Rivers. I I'm I'm not mad at that. Like he's a good. If you watch his teams play, he's almost a better coach when his teams don't have good players. I know. Than when they have good players. I know, because you know what I think about recently the the Clippers before uh, Kawhi and Paul George got there. Like, Dude, those are those are Orlando teams that he had. Yep, I agree. I agree. They were really. He's good. a good coach. Yeah, he's, 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 you know? you're right. But when he has those expectations with the superstars and stuff, like he he got through with it with Boston. But after that, like you look at that list, that that Clippers team, you know, I realistically probably should have came away with at least one, maybe one at least. You know. Well, then then does does it not speak to the fact of once you have a certain level of talent on your team, it's about managing personalities and and optimizing them versus actual coaching. Yeah. You know, so he, he got lucky. I mean, not lucky, but, you know, it's the perfect storm with that Boston team because KG was the motor and Paul Pierce was the closer and, like, they they had been through enough battles to get there. And reality. Don't, don't forget Ray. Ray yeah. But he, he, was a, he was a second, like, that team, the pace, the tone, Ray Allen's a really good player, but, you know, if you think about pace and tone, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett were the pace and the tone for that team. You know, Rondo, Ray Allen just went out there and played. Um, that's not to undermine what he did. Yeah, he's a pro- you know. consummate professional yeah. and, and perfectionist. Exactly, exactly. And, perfectionist. So, and, 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 don't, look at- and don't forget, not to cut you off, but don't forget, you know, Allen, Allen, and KG—they still haven't resolved their shit either. <laughs> they're they're on there that seventy-five go. list coming in this weekend. I'm telling you, there's, there's a lot of awkwardness, man. There's a lot of awkwardness <laughs> happening. I'm telling you. Hey, I'm, I'm here for all of it. You, you know what I want to say too before we move before we get to our top five list. Chuck Daly, listen, man. I know the Pistons get knocked for being you know the bad boys, all that stuff. That's the the accreditation we all give them, and, and it's rightfully earned. But when you sit back and actually watch those games, like especially those greatest, you know, like when they, when they show those greatest games on NBA TV, when yeah. you watch their teams play, yo, they were a hell of a team, man. Like, when yeah. you watch, they were a hell of a team to watch play basketball. Like, I, because it was so long ago, I, I, I kind of forgot. And I remember, like, this is like probably years back. One time I, they show one of their finals games, and I just sat back and watched it, and I'm like, Holy shit! Like, yo, this 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 team is dope, and they're kind of before their time. And they were before their time. I grew up a Pistons fan. Mm. The Pistons were the first team to really effectively, at a high level, run out three guards. Yeah, when they played Dumars, Vinnie Johnson, and mm-hmm. Isaiah together, yep. they cooked teams. Because sure, they, back then you played basketball, but like. You had three. Isaiah was probably the smallest defensively. Yeah. But you weren't getting him in a switch. And they were so deep. They were so deep as a team. Think about their bench, right? Rodman, John Sally, like James Edwards, Vinnie Johnson. Like, that's a legit. They were a legit team. And they could play, and and the great teams could. Play any style. You want to slow it down? Great. You want to speed it up? Super. You want to play power ball? Awesome. You know, like yeah. 
do you want to shoot from the outside? We could do that too. Like they were the team that did not have holes. Yeah, defensively they were they were great. I mean, you, and Mark Aguirre, another one coming off the bench, like that. Yeah. Like that team was tough. Like I sat and I watched their game, and I watched I watched the whole game. It was like a few years back, and I'm like, holy shit! I'm like, yo, this this team is this team is really good. Like the physical play, yes, all that, whatever. And we, you know, when I was younger, I hated them for that, but especially because I was a Lakers fan. But man, whew, yeah. their their style of play was awesome. It was awesome. You had you had a, you had a pick and pop center. Yep. You know, you had a pick and pop center. Like that's why that's why I'm like Chuck Daly being on this list. I'm more than fine with that. Oh, totally, totally. But it just makes you think, like, how many coaches won multiple rings? Not many. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. Yeah, like, so just, just even looking at this list, right? Like Red Auerbach, Chuck Daly, Holzman, Jackson. Casey, Kerr, Pops, Jack Ramsey only won once, Pat Riley, and Spostra. That's it. So yeah, like Lenny Wilkins so, never won one. No, he did. I think he did win one, but I think he just won one. Oh, he coached Seattle, Seattle. way back. Yeah. Was that so, it? Yeah, so that was Let, Larry, Larry Brown's only got one. Right. You know, Doc Rivers has one. You know, like Jack. Now, Larry, Larry, Larry Brown does have an NCAA championship too, but right. that shouldn't matter. Like I said, this weekend's going to be interesting. Like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a basketball, we're two basketball fanatics, so I'm going to enjoy watching some of the festivities and stuff. And I do want to watch this, the, the, the top 75 stuff, but it's going <laughs> to be interesting, though. Like, I, I think it's, like I said, uh, the, the, like how the, the, the backstories is definitely going to play out over the next, like, month or so. You know, we just we just gotta be you know gotta be on alert, high alert for it. <laughs> but, I would love to just see the guys like trolling each other on Twitter and photo bombing each other. That would be the best. I'm sure that's gonna happen though. I, I expect stuff like that to at least happen. You know, which I, which I think will be interesting. But yeah, man, we um we're saying at the beginning of the podcast that we definitely wanted to break down this top five of most influential or top five most influential players. We're not ranking them. But our most influential yeah. players between the lines, not not what they did for the course of history. So the, the list could be a little unique. I, I, I like to believe our both our lists because we haven't discussed it amongst each other. It's probably going to be pretty different. And it could range from style of play to what rules did they change. Right. So. So, like I said, we don't have to rank this list, but, you know, you're the guest. So I, I want to start with you and see who, who who's your, you know, who's the, who's the first person you want to announce? Again, not ranking them, but who's the person you want to announce? We, we may have a couple here that's going to be on the same list, but. I mean, I'm going to, I have enough on my list that I'm going to make sure that I don't pick anybody that you pick. Okay. Um, but I'm going to start with somebody who might be on your list, and that's with Steph Curry. Yeah. because the way basketball is played now, and not that players are going to be able to do what he does, but the ability and the, what people are being taught, you know, like shooting threes off the dribble and increasing your range and movement and being more free-flowing, I think he has really taken basketball into the new era of more smalls, right? Like, look around the NBA. Teams now, because of Steph, in my opinion, have now said, look, we don't need big guards. We need good guards. We need shooting. We need guys who can handle a ball and create. Okay. So look around the league. There's a ton of those guys. 
very much. So. Now they're not they're not as good as Steph, but I mean when you look at a trade where CJ McCollum gets traded to the Pelicans for like next to nothing, it goes to show you like there's a there's an abundance of guards available. And teams are going like, I don't need to give you a lot for this guy because if I wait a year, one of my players might turn into that guy. Or the guy I draft so, might, be, might be that guy. You know? So, like, you're just seeing the trickle-down effect from what Steph has done over the last seven years to the impact it's seen at all levels of basketball, not just the NBA. You know? Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's self-explanatory. And, yes, the, I'll I'll take the suspense out the way. Yes, he's on my list, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, it's self. I think it's just pretty. It's pretty self-explanatory, because it's now like a requirement for you to be able for everybody to shoot threes, even the bigs, right? Like you're like I watched yeah. the game last night where Carl Anthony Towns he had like thirty nine and fifteen, and I swear half of the highlights was him shooting threes three feet behind the line. Yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah. and I'm like, yo, like this is this is kind of crazy. Like you're watching you're watching big men like Embiid. You know, cross up, cross up his man, and and step back into a step back into a fading three. You know, and make that like it's nothing. Like this is where we are now. Like you know, like our, the centers are taking one legged fadeaway threes, like Steph. Like this is where we are now. Like it's 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 wild. But yeah. I but I, I'll tell you what though, I still think to this day, I still think the moment Steph broke basketball forever was that three against OKC. You know what you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the the forty footer to win to win the game. I I think that broke basketball. I think it broke basketball. I think after that, I don't think basketball is ever the same after that. Within a year, all of a sudden, Damian Lillard is pulling up from the logo, and you're like, yeah. wow! Now everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it now. People in college right. are doing it now. You know. Well, the sidestep game winner, Steph hit to send OKC home. Where Paul George is going, that's a bad shot. And Dame's like, whatever, we went in. Like I practiced that, <laughs> you know. So pretty, pretty incredible uh, how things have changed. From like we were just talking about the Detroit Pistons, you know, late nineties basketball or early nineties basketball, and today are like two totally different animals. Yeah, it's two two totally different sports. But I, I never thought I'd see a three. Like the or at least the three be, like I never thought it'd be weaponized to the point where like it feels like don't threes right now feel like it almost feels like you're especially when you watch Steph do it it feel it almost feels like somebody's getting dunked on. When you see Steph go through like a, a, a like the whole reel of like uh, of his of his threes, they're like they you f every shot he takes that that he makes, especially when they get crazy and crazier, you feel like the life coming off the like out of the team. Like it's well, a dagger, you feel it. Like you don't feel it so much now because everybody's doing it. But like when he starts rolling, you can you can actually feel like, uh -oh. like he's either taking the air out of the building or like he's making like even on the road, like he's making the crowd go insane. Think about how geared the defense is to stop what he's trying to do, and that's what makes it nuts. Because you're watching him run around, you're watching the defense slide to him, the best defenders on him. And when he makes, when he goes through the rigor and then still makes one with a guy in his face, and then next trip, you know, long rebound, turnover, late transition or something, bang, he hits one from 30 feet. And you're like, uh oh, 
here we go. Like he could rip off twelve points in sixty seconds, and the game can go from a four point game to a sixteen point game. And you don't know what the heck just happened? What just happened? <laughs> and then you get you get Clay rolling at the same time. You toast. I know, and it was beautiful. The, I don't know if you saw the game on the weekend when they when they played the Lakers, but but Clay was rolling. Clay Clay was looking like old Clay. And it was it was like man like it's the the playoffs. This is why I'm like the playoffs is gonna be so much fun with the two, with the yeah. two of them. Like especially by if if Clay shakes off the rust by the time April May comes, it's gonna be so fun, man. It's gonna be so much fun. But yeah. to me, it's like he he revolutionized the game. In some ways, he hurt the game a little bit because because of this his his success, he makes everybody feel like. And to your point, like of course you know this this is a skill that's pretty much almost unique to just him. But he may, he makes you feel because he's not like this hulking figure. Like he makes you feel like even like a kid. A kid feels like yeah. I can t- I can be Steph, even though Steph is our height. Steph is like six three, you know, and yeah. <laughs> he's not small, you know. But like you, at least you feel like okay, maybe you don't feel like you can dunk on four guys at the same time, but you feel like you can shoot a three, you know. Yeah. You feel like you can shoot a three, so it's like. But but I think he's kind of hurt it in some ways because I think because of his style now, everybody's like required to like. There's teams out there that shoots as much as Golden State or more, I should say, and they shouldn't be doing that at all. You know, no, because it's it's a math equation, right? That I don't right, think that's, that's him. You can put that on like. Well, that's analytics the, too. Yeah, I want to say that too. That is that is analytics. Dude, Daryl Murray and the Houston Rockets were the first ones. Their G League team, basically, the requirement was we're only shooting threes, free throws, and Dunks. layups. Yeah, that's it. Right? And so layup, within five feet was what they classified as a layup, I think. Right. So you're looking at this just crazy analytics, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of a return to needing an in-between game. Because all the defenses are required to get into the scramble, so they run you off the line. Now you're trying to like you you watch too much of like the pass, pass, pass around the three point line. Mm-hmm. Run the guy off the line. They pass to another guy at the three point line. Whereas the teams that have guys that can close, and Golden State is one of these. Clay and Steph are shooters. They're not three point shooters. They're just shooters. shooters yep. So you watch them, they'll get into the 18-foot area and make Mm -hmm. it. They'll get into 12-foot and make it. And we're starting to see that that, the defensive schemes have advanced to the point where you have to make that shot to hurt them. Yeah. Right? Who does does Milwaukee have? They have Chris Middleton. That guy's a killer in the mid-range. Yeah. You know, so. No, you're right. Devin Booker is another one, too. Like he's he, yeah. he's killing the mid range. I mean, we don't have to talk about the Rosen because that's that's where he you know he always lives there. But what what look what he's doing? One of my favorite stats of the last few years is especially when uh, KD was on Golden State when they had like who scores the most points for the mid range. At this one, the Rosen was still on the Raptors. The Rosen was number one, and and second and third was KD and Clay. Yeah. And, and I'm like that should tell you everything about like basketball like you have to be able to make shots from all yeah. areas not just the three-point line like i thought that was a great stat because you know you think of clay you think of kd all you're thinking about is threes and these guys are right behind the rosen for for the but most that, you know for the points for the most mid-range shots that shot is harder to make though 
when a guy runs at you and runs you off the line, you you're stepping into space and you're trying to make a shot in between the defense, right? There's a contest coming from the back line. So that's that that one's harder to teach. It's easier to teach a guy, okay, catch and shoot a three. All right, if you don't have it like one dribble and then move it along. That decision making, okay, I'm gonna get into the mid range and I have a shot here or I don't have a shot here or I can get to the rim or that's harder to teach. Mm-hmm. It's easier to teach a guy just shoot a pass. That's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well you know what? I I guess because we both agreed agreed on stuff. I'm gonna make the next selection on on my guy. I wonder if he's if he's on your list. Um, and this list was actually a little harder to do. It, like as you got to like to, to to get to the five, I found myself like, man, damn, like this 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 is kind of tough. At least you know, yeah. at least as far as in between the lines, I have KG on mine. Kevin Garnett. Uh, you know what? I did too. Really? I did too. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because. Length, skill set, athleticism, uh, that's what the modern big is, right? Yeah. And KD started as a four, he finished as a five, and you and I talked before about Evan Mobley, a lot of these guys, rangy, switchy, they can handle, they can pass, they can shoot it a bit, they good defenders, like that's the prototype. Yeah. And and KG was the f- first where you would just you just looked at it and you went oh shit yeah we've never <laughs> seen it i haven't like this. i haven't seen this before yeah and it, and it was pretty early too like the, his rookie year like you know he took his lumps but by year two he was never not an all-star by year two like that was it like he just he was you know hitting mid-range shots he has a high release point you know he's super athletic he's rangy can guard yeah. all five positions especially at the at those times you know, even though he's lanky and and almost skinny at, at 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 certain points, he could take the he could take the pounding. He got strong. It's really impressive. Like to me, like he's not the best power forward of all time, but his influence to be that first modern player to be successful straight out of high school, like we know that's his own influence too. But the fact that he can kind of do everything, it changed the position. Like even and then I think even Dirk kind of added to it too. Like just the fact that you can the, the way that Dirk was able to shoot at that size, I think it kind of like ushered it further into like a whole new era of like stretch fours as well. But it's interesting, man. I I watched this. Um, I don't know if you watched KG's documentary that he had. I think it came out earlier this year. No, no, but, I haven't watched it. But his story, like you re- you look at his story. His story's nuts. Like you think like somebody who came from South Carolina to Chicago. Just think of all the seeds that sprinkled in that. Like, you know, he was a star in South Carolina. Nobody really knew him. He went to the AU tournament, tore that apart, became one of the number yep. one people. Yeah. Wasn't there a story that he went to the, like, uh, under-19 USA tryouts or whatever, and he, like, walked into gym in jeans or something? Like, I'm not, I'm not just sure. Some, somebody was telling a story about the first time they saw him at, like, one of the USA camps when they were kids. Where they had never seen, I think it was Abdul Rahim, and he was like, "I had never seen anybody like this guy." And so he really was the first. And the other thing that made him unique was like he started as a guard, and then hit a growth spurt. Yeah. And look at Anthony Davis, same thing, right? Yeah. There's a prototype there that now everybody's going, "Oh, that's what we want." 
we want that multi-skilled big who can mm -hmm. handle a little bit, who can pass, who can do all these things, you know, and, and be hyper-athletic. Yeah. Which we didn't, we've never seen before. And credit to Minnesota and Flip Saunders for giving him the roads to not saying, look, we're going to put you in this box. On the, other, as on the other side of it going, we're going to let you do whatever it is you could do. Yeah. So... I think KG, I mean, we might end up with a few on this list that are the same then. Yeah. I'll, I'll have some honorable mentions, though. I got some other ones. Yeah, I, 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 got, there, I got some, too. But, yeah, I think, like I said, you, you look at that story to me, and I, and I don't know if you noticed, but the reason why he came out of high school, he said he, he went to a pickup run in Chicago, and I think that's when Jordan yeah. was coming back. So he played in the game with Jordan Pippen, and he said he was playing, you know, talking shit, whatever, like, he said he wasn't scared, and he said Isaiah was on the sidelines watching him, watching this game, yeah. and he was like, hey, man, he said, you know, you, you're so talented. You can go to the, you know you can go to the league right now, and he said, he said everything was like the whole world stopped, and he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Isaiah, Isaiah putting that bug in his ear set everything in motion. And, I mean, you know, Isaiah was, a, you know, the, um, he was running the Raptors at the time, so I'm sure he did that for his own purposes, of course. You know, it would have been great if we mm -hmm. got him, but – but I mean, the I think you couple that you throw those seeds into the pot with that, and the whole fact that like he like he skipped high school, like so he didn't go through that whole always oh, gonna be a five and you know University of Tennessee and take all this unnecessary pounding and you know now he's a post player. He didn't have to go yeah. through any of that. He just he was just he was a unique talent, and they just let him blossom, and that was it. It changed. It changed the position. We're talking about players who are influential and transformative, and you can just. You watch basketball now, and you just you can see it, right? Yeah. All right. Who's who's your next? Who's who's your next uh, guy on the list? Well, you you had a little bit of a spoiler there, and I'm it was Dirk. Oh, um, okay. I mean, you could the, the stretch four now. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could say Larry Bird would have been your initial quote unquote stretch four. Yeah, um, even though he was a but three, Dirk, though, but yeah. Yeah, back then, everybody was, you know, everybody was just a forward, right? Uh, you just had one that was taller than the other. Right. Now, when Dirk came out, that's when it's like, and it wasn't just that he was a big that shot threes. He shot it at volume. You know, he's shooting like seven threes a game, eight threes a game, making four, five, six, like, and they were running, it wasn't like he was the end of the play where they're going, okay, we're, we're going to run a play and you're a shooter. So you're going to stand in the corner. They're like, no, we're running this play for Dirk to get a three. He's the number yeah. one option. <laughs> yeah. And the volume and the skill and just the development similar, like you, you threw him in with KG, but in a different way, because Dirk can handle the ball. Dirk learned to post up. I mean, that was towards the end. That's where Dirk kills you. Yeah. Right? It, it was less threes and more like the mid post, post, yeah, post in that elbow extended, right, where he did all that damage. And he just said, oh, teams were just like, oh, we need a big that can do that because it spaces it for all our other guys. Mm -hmm. And he, he was revolutionary for that. You're watching, you talked about it before, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, shooting from four or five feet behind the line. Well, as much as Steph was that influence, you yeah. Towns isn't out there without Dirk. You're right. So, uh, 
and you know, make when they played him at the five, sometimes they'd make him the center. So you're playing a center out there bombing threes, and well, how how you can get your big guy to step out? And now it's just normal. Yeah, like when he when he got comfortable in the league, it was like that was it was hell of hell of impressive. Because I remember like his first year, like he had such a rocky rookie season, and I, I still yeah. remember the next year watching him play. Like you catch a couple of Dallas games, and you're like, wow. This is interesting. You know, you're like this, like, cause you know, like he's a big guy. Like I, I'll give you a quick story. My cousin, right. In 97, I will take you back to 97. My cousin watching the March madness tournament did this. Um, there was a contest on, I, th- I think it was, remember the new VR. Remember that channel, the new VR. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. No, no I don't remember that. It, was, it was a channel in Ontario, right? It goes uh, in Toronto called the new VR at the time. Oh, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They show a lot of Raptors games on it, but they're showing the March Madness stuff. So case in point, there was a Reebok competition, and you know, the, and the grand prize winner wins. Uh, wins a you know, the, the, if you won one of the prizes, you you won a pair of AIs, and then the grand prize was to go to um, the 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 March Madness the following year. So we're watching this game, and the grand prize winner, we see my I see my cousin's name come across the screen. We're like, what the fuck is going on, <laughs> right? So we, he wins these, he wins these tickets. We, we, so he takes me. We go to San Antonio the, the following year in '98 to go watch the Final Four and all that. But it, okay. during one of those days, right, we we uh, we took a cab and fucking drove like I swear it was like almost like an hour outside the city to, to watch the the Hoop Summit, right? The U.S. the U.S. versus the world, right? And that was the year that Nowitzki won MVP. So you're watching like you know like um, Rashard Lewis because at the time he was like the best high school player in, in the U.S. and all that, right? And Eric Barkley and all these guys. Yeah. And, and you're just watching this big white guy just destroy all these guys. You're like, who the hell is this guy? And it's like honestly, I didn't even know it was him. I didn't know it was him until a couple of years really? later. I didn't know it was him until a couple of years later. Which I just saw this big white guy from Germany, seven footer, going end to end, dunking, shooting threes. You know, bodying guys. You're like, yo, who is this guy? And and, and, that, I, and then that's I was, who put him on the map. Yeah, I was at the game. I was I was I was at the game. Like, oh my wow. God. And what the the joke was? The joke was I was watching the TV and, and they talked about that Hoop Summit game. Like, you know, a few years later, and they're like, yeah, and he won MVP of the Hoop Summit, and all of a sudden it just went ding. Oh my God, I saw him. <laughs> like, I didn't even. <laughs> it's like a few years later. I'm like, wait a minute, that was the guy. <laughs> He was the guy. That's an amazing story, Calvin. Yeah, he was he was the guy that was destroying everybody in that hoop summit game. So I'm like to so I like I'm with you. I'm with you. I actually had him on my honorable mention, but I'm with you. I'm with you on that list. Cause that yo, when I saw that day, I was like, I didn't realize that was the future. But but you but it was something unique. It was just like, okay, this guy from Europe and a shout out to um one of the South Shire family members, Randall Walter, but his he went to school with um to high school um with uh with Dan Gadzurek. He also played in that team too. So I was kind of so I was kind of watching the game. I was kind of watching that game to kind of see him too. And it's like I, I just we just got lost watching this this German kid. Man. Yeah, crazy, right? That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, crazy. It's a 
It's wild. So I, I, I'm with you. I'm all in with you with that. I, I'm, I don't have him on my list, but I'm, I'm with you with that. I, like I said, he was, he was on my honorable mention. So another spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know what? This is, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll just get it out the way now. I'm, I'm gonna put MJ on that list. Jordan on that doesn't list. He, that's a tough thing. Doesn't he belong on every list? Like it just, he, he really it does. doesn't matter. He really does. I, and that's that's the and it, I almost didn't put him on that list because you feel like it's a cheat code. But it's yes, he's the greatest player of all time. You know, you think about it. He started basically almost two decades of the next MJ talks. I don't know about you. Harold Miner was my favorite one. I really got fooled by that, le- <laughs> that, that, that lefty, that lefty ball-headed game in college. I really got fooled by that when I was younger. But yeah, I mean, I think the one thing you have to say is Jordan was so influential. You had a guy mimic his game and got influenced by so much that he ended up being the second greatest shooting guard of all time. Like if th- that's probably yeah. the greatest compliment you can ever get as an athlete, and that's no disrespect to Kobe at all, because Kobe was incredible, right? But I mean, he was heavily influenced by Jordan. I don't think anybody can deny that. You know what I mean? At, Dude, at that you, point in time, you uh, you could have just said, "My next pick is Michael Jordan." What's your pick? <laughs> like we don't even we don't even need to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like that's where we are because. On any level, whether you want to talk about the shoes, whether you want to talk about every kid yeah. going and playing at this park with his tongue out, mm-hmm. like everything. Hang, hang, trying to you hang know? in the air. He, he, uh, uh, one of my I mean? brothers used to love to say that he ruined a lot of basketball careers before they got started because guys really thought they were Jordan on the outdoor court, and they weren't. You know, you can't hang <laughs> for two seconds. You hang for half a second. Stop trying to be like Jordan, no. you know? No, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's an easy pick. But um, but but the one thing I do want to mention though, I don't know if a lot of people know this, is that like he did change the rules a bit in the league, where like they had to institute an illegal offense from like the palming. Uh, was that well? No, not not the palming, but the um, like when he just got started in the league, like the Chicago used to load four four guys on one side of the floor. And have Jordan work on the other half of the floor by himself, and that became an illegal offense. They had to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to stop doing it. Yeah, you needed two two guys on two one guys side. Two guys on one court. side. Yeah, they yeah. had to, But that started with Jordan because he was he was so unstoppable. They had to like, no, 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 no. We got it. We got to change this. You know, like it's 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 nuts. But you're right. You're right. We. <laughs> that's all I'll say about it. We. You know, I think it's self-explanatory. But I just wanted to get that in there. Who's <laughs> so? What what are we at? Three right now. We have three, right? I guess. Yeah, this this is where it kind of gets hard. Where you're trying to like you're trying to pick. Yeah, because it's not okay, an easy list. It's not an easy list when you when you're thinking just strictly between the lines. It's not an easy list, especially when you look at that top 70, 75, You're like, yeah, lots of great players for sure, but like influential, like where they they change styles, they change rules, and it, that get that list gets hard. That list gets yeah, hard. Yeah. But we're because at, we're we're at, but we, are we didn't three. watch so many of those players play, right? Yeah. I mean, this one's a, this one's this one's a, similar to the Michael Jordan vein would be Dr. J. Man, okay, go go ahead, go ahead. Because his ability athletically to change everything. 
forced other teams to be like, we need athletes. Mm-hmm. Right? And part of it, too, is sort of like you wanted to be Dr. J. Yeah. You know? And you, there's so many guys from that era, too. Like, I don't think I could – this is what made it hard. If I'm going to pick Dr. J, I kind of have to lump him in with Magic and Bird because – they just made the NBA what it is, what we know. Yeah. Right? They were just so much better and so different than other players. Like, Bird was different than everybody. Dr. J was different than everybody. Magic was different than everybody. So it's hard to, like, pick one. That's why I'm like, Jesus, like, who do I who do I pick? Who do I go with? You know, like, you, you don't have LeBron without Magic. Yeah. You know? You don't have so much of this stuff, so it's hard to pick one. So I'm like, I'm just throwing Dr. J out there as, you know, the early 80s. I can't, I, can I pick the early 80s as the most influential player? Like, <laughs> let's just do that. So much of unique players and styles, man. It's, you, you know, you know, you know what my, one of my favorite ones is to watch is like nowadays, like in terms of when you watch players from the 80s, is Bernard King. Like that style is so Open it's so crazy. It's so, it's such a unique style. Like he shot that ball so fast, but it was from a low point. But like nobody can block him. Like it was just you watch it. He shot it. It's crazy. He shoot it on the way up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his post moves. If you watch some of his post moves, he's like spinning, and as he's like, he hasn't even finished his spin, and the ball's out of his hands, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. So that's a that's a great pick though with Dr. J. Man, I I flirted with that one too. I just but I don't think you you if you pick any one of those guys, you, like they yeah. changed everything. They were the precursor to Michael Jordan and Dirk Nowitzki and LeBron James. Like it, it's you know it's hard to pick one that that did because the other thing is. And there's two guys that may be on either our honorable mentions or or on like or might be on our list is like there's a few guys who are just physical specimens mm-hmm. and you can't replicate that. What made guys like Bird and Magic and even Michael Jordan, like there's tons of guys six foot six. And yeah. we talked about it with Steph. He's six three. You thought like, oh I I could be Steph. You know, whereas, you know, a guy like Shaq or LeBron or Will Chamberlain, like you couldn't recreate that. You couldn't have another one. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Now that I've ruined it for you, you can go ahead. Oh, so yeah, that, that's a that's a great one. Um, I my honorable mention is funny. I had Shaq and Wilt. That I almost went with them as like a, yeah. a split five. And actually, I, I'll be honest. I actually did. I wrestled between them and Barkley. Um. Oof. Because Barkley was like probably my my and, and I went with Barkley because, um, again a power forward who's undersized, like you're never gonna see anything like Barkley again, which is such a unique like we we know him because he's been retired for so long, and the TNT career has been as prominent as it, as it has been. We almost forget like he's been doing TNT longer than he's been playing basketball at this point, right? And it's, and, it's there, not, and it's not by like and it's by like a sizable amount in terms of years, but like there's generations who have no idea how good he was. He's absolutely. Like, I mean, Barkley's one of the most incredible, yes, specimens. But just for what he did, like like he was at times he was basically like a power, 
like a point power. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, know, bringing the ball up the floor, running the offense. Like, you know, like it was it was unique. Yeah, they changed the rules because yeah. they had the, the five second rule. You can't have the ball on yeah. your hand in five seconds at a time. Like yeah. they they changed that. I thought I thought that was like unique. And then they started drafting players that were like, you know, like six five, six six, power forwards yeah. that could jump and strong and. You know, but it's like Byron, it, it, Byron, Houston. Byron Houston, Clarence Weatherspoon. Like you, you saw it like happen over and over again. It just you couldn't yeah. replicate it. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean he, he again, super unique. I mean, we're talking about guys who are just very. You can't recreate what he was. No, you know. Every now and again, I'll YouTube like Charles Barkley highlights and just fall off my chair with some of the dunks. Yeah, and, and and he's not dunking like he's he's not like dunking wide open on the break. He's drop stepping and hammering it on a seven foot guy. And he's like six you know, four, like, legit six four. Yeah, May, maybe maybe six five. Yeah, you know, on a on a great and, day. Yeah, and so you're just sitting there looking like, yeah, that's that's a tough pick to argue with because. We both watched him play, and like you, just blown away with everything he could do. Yeah, and and like I said again, it's u- unique. It was influential, you know. That even even something as simple as a tomahawk dunk, like like you know, putting the ball behind your head, two hand, like that was the Barkley. How, like how many just hammering it? Yeah, like for years that was the Barkley. Like you know, you you do that dunk. That was that was known as the Barkley. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah, like that. That guy was like super influential, man. To to me, anyway. Who who's your who's your fourth guy? I'm going to pick Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oof, oof. Huh. Just the sky, the skyhook. They changed the rule, like the dunking rule for him in college. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, he's the all-time NBA leading scorer. And if you if you got a chance, I don't know if you ever did. But if you got a chance to see Kareem before he was old, oh my god! Yeah, like what? Like his it, there wasn't anything offensively that he couldn't really he couldn't, do. He, couldn't do he was it. making fifteen, sixteen footers like he was a guard. He was it wasn't awkward looking. He was the skyhook. His passing, his ability to handle the ball, to to see the offense, defense, block shots, know? rebounds, yeah. position. And and then he's you know? he's such a lanky guy, but he was so strong too. He was such a, he was a strong what? dude. His hands, he covered so much ground. It just it was it was kind of crazy because then the last two years that you watched him play, you're just like, oh my god, he's just a shell. Yeah. But still, you know, you still serve quote unquote serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah he's he's on my list. That's a good one. That is a good one. That is a good one. And because most people, you know, especially this generation, you're not watching, you know, highlights from the seventies and stuff, but like that guy can yeah. play any he can play in any era. There's no era he can't play. Yeah. You could put him you could totally. put him in right now. He probably would learn to shoot a three because he had to, sure. to do it. And again, who's blocking the sky hook? Like the the thing that's crazy is if he was playing now. I wonder if he would even shoot a sky hook from 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 uh, from the three. <laughs> I, I think I think it's honestly that because you ever see some of the some of the sky hooks he would take, they're like this. Oh, it's, it's like 18, 19 foot sky hooks. 
and yeah. he would make it yeah, easy. Yeah. He would make it easy. So I'm like, it sounds hilarious to say, but I'm like, I don't even think it's that far fetched to think that he he can't make it from three. Like if 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 he was in today's era, he might he might Hold try on. he might try it in the game. I'm not saying he would do it every game, but he might try it in the game. I I took it as you were saying like that's how he was going to shoot threes. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no, no. never mind. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that. I mean, that I, I, I that would have been crazy. No, that would have been insane. But I'm saying, like, he could have probably. I think, like, just for fun, I think if he was rolling, the, the you know the nights where like you're giving a guy forty something points, what the hell? Let me take a skyhook from the three point line. Why the hell not? Man, get out of here. I, I think he right. that would be the ultimate heat check. <laughs> I think he could have. Again, look at some of those highlights where he's shooting some of those skyhooks. They are from. Oh no, they're not five feet from the basket. He did those, but like, like there was ones where he's taking. It's like it's like eighteen, nineteen foot, nineteen feet out. It's crazy. It's wild. I, I like. I, I mean, I'm I'm a Lakers guy, but I you know. Plus, he's a Trini, so I love him for that. <laughs> 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 but uh but yeah no I, I i like that one i like that one that that's that's a good one that's the is that so is that five for you or is that four i'm, I'm almost losing it's count. four we're at four yeah so you're coming up on your fourth oh i thought no I, no I had i had steph i agree with you with steph so that was that was on my oh, okay so we both have steph we both have kg you had Dirk. Um, i had jordan i had barkley you had um kareem so, okay. so now we have one so more. We, so we have one more. We each have one more. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you, you want me to go or you want to go? Um, you go. I'm just, I'm thinking about this here. It's, this is hard to do. This is not an easy thing no, to pick. It, it wasn't. It because, really wasn't. Because there's guys we've never seen play. That too. That too. Because, yeah, cause you, you can you can pay homage to, like, the, you know, George Mikan because of the Mikan drill and stuff and – I mean that's super influential. <laughs> People still use it today. Well, no, well, because of the Mike and drill. <laughs> <laughs> but he's one of the greatest centers. Oh. He's one of the greatest centers. Listen, man, my when okay. I was, you know, listen, when I was, you know, like back in the day, whatever, playing that Mike and drill, whatever, like you know, we all had to do it, especially yeah, we all play. did it. We all did it. We all did it. But I, I think for me, when it came to reverse layups. That actually helped me a lot with reverse layups, Re- like believe it or not, which is like a weird thing because I because you know after a while you start doing it regular mic and drill, then you start doing it like the opposite way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like behind and all that stuff. That helped me with yeah. like reverse layups and stuff. Like no, I, dude, that's still it's still an amazing drill and people still use it for sure. Um, so yeah, that, he's not my he's not my five. So just just to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be clear. Um, AI, AI is another one. For me. AI is the one for me. Like he's okay. he's in my top. Why? Okay, now he's on my list of of. Um, he's on my in that area. So I want you to tell me why you put him there. Couple reasons. Um, style, and I'm not talking like the shoes and the braids and the tats and stuff. Style wise, I mean, he was hard to mimic because he was so he was not a big guy. He's not a big guy. Um, when Iverson was blowing up, this was the time that I was like, you know, like in the in the really in the heat of like trying to get a scholarship back in those days and stuff, right? So, right. so the the if the influence of Iverson was really heavy on my you know those those years that I was in high school and stuff, right? And right. Um, 
the crossover, his crossover at that time was probably one of the most influential things, even more than than even Tim Hardaway's crossover, which that was like an icon to me. I never I never thought I'd see a better crossover than Tim Hardaway's until I saw Iverson's because Iverson's came from like, you know, they say like outside the box. Usually when you're doing a crossover, you try to keep it in like yeah. in space. Yeah. He went way yeah, outside yeah. of that. You know what I mean? And which is which, which, which is everything we're teaching kids now is like get the ball outside your frame. Whereas when we were playing, it's like you needed to keep it tight. Yeah. Right. And that's why Tim Hardaway was so deadly because he gave it to you twice. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was so tough. But his that crossover, like everybody, when I tell you every every tournament we went in, every AAU tournament, somebody was doing that Iverson crossover. And and yeah. eventually it, was, it became somebody with braids. But really, it's really yeah. like that. That was super influential, that part of it. The fact that like uh, him and along with Shaq were the reason why, to me, the zone got implemented. Zone defense in the NBA got implemented. And, and even when you hear him talk about it, he was like, to this day, that like frustrates the hell out of him. Because he's like, when I got to the league, he's like, yo, I'm not going to deal with no zone defense. He's like, I never thought I'd be in the NBA where all of a sudden I'm being checked by his zone defense. He's like, I never thought I would see the day. But I think part of it was his him his dominance, like two totally different styles, him and Shaq. But I think in, in a weird way, both of those guys were, were mainly responsible for why zone defenses came to the league. It was designed to slow him down. You know, but but there was there was like a four or five year period though where like that crossover dude was like everybody had to have that in their package. Like and whether whether you could do it successfully or not, I wasn't one that can do it do that crossover successfully, but at least at least consistently. But like yo, know, everybody had that in their package, man. It was like everybody well, had that. Everybody was trying to have trying it in their package. Yeah, trying to have it. <laughs> and you know who didn't want it in your package? Your coach. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. You know, yeah, because you're like you're not Iverson. So sit your ass down. I I think the one point that you're kind of you're touching on but maybe not exploiting enough is the fact that he was probably the first full-time small scoring guard. That too. Yes, that too. That was the thing where you're like, oh, you're going to run like a six-foot-one guy out there to play the two? When everybody was looking for a guy that's like six-five, rangy you know like everybody is still on that michael jordan prototype right yeah, yeah. Like, nowadays we've got away from that now you're i mean we got away from a lot of things now we're we're running two two guards out who are basically combo guards with one being your primary ball handler and the other being your secondary but both can kind of do the same thing right Back back then, it's like you had one guy who brought it up every time and then you had a shooting guard whose job was to shoot yeah or score and that yeah right and iverson was the first one to kind of break that prototype of like oh he's barely six feet tall and you're running him out there and running him off picks and he's your scoring guard like and this is working so (laughs) if you fast forward he was probably the initial thing that that forced coaches to sort of say i got a small guy that can score i shouldn't make him a point guard yeah, you Mon- know, and then, Monte and, Ellis. You know, it took it took a long time for us to get to where we are, mm-hmm. but he was the first one in my experience that kind of broke that 
mold, the physical statute, you know, mold of what a yeah. quote unquote shooting guard was. But I think like a, like a guy like Monte Ellis coming out of high school or like a Lou yep. Williams were like got the right yep. influence of that because they weren't really point guards. They were scoring guards. They're nope. like six feet, six one. You know what I mean? But can score you under the table basically, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and well, teams would have guys who were scoring guards, but they would they would either play them with the second unit or they would bring the ball up, right? Whereas coaches, those guys you mentioned, the coaches kind of realize like, oh, you, I need to if you dribble the ball up, then I got to get you to pass it to run a play for you. Whereas your best skill is scoring, so I'm going to run you out there and you're going to do these things. Like, that's what it is. So it was a big change, and Iverson was really the first, I think, to do that. No, that's a, that's, that's a great elaboration on that point. I'll, I'll, I'll finish that with a, with a quick story again. <laughs> so Sounds I, good. I went, it's as good as the last one. I'm totally in. Well, I, I went to – this is when we went to go um, – this is years back. We went, we went to uh, visit one of our friends at the time that was uh, – at the time, he was living in Washington, so Chocolate City, we call it, right? So we went to, right. um, for New Year's, went, you know, partying and stuff, had a great time. This is back in, like, university days, you know, like, tw- 24, 25, around that time. And one of the nights, we decided to go to this club, right? We decided to go to this club, and I'm, we're in this club. It's not a big, big party that time. It's probably one of the smaller parties we went to, but, you know, good amount of crowd, whatever, good, good amount of people in, in the in the in the club, and in walks this guy, and all these girls are screaming. Again, we're in Washington, right? All these girls are screaming. Everybody's going crazy. And I'm like, oh, it's probably some local rapper, whatever. I'm, I'm seeing the guy, like, kind of like <laughs> the top of his head. I'm just like, and he's surrounded by, like, four of the biggest security guards I've ever seen in my life. But I'm just like, ah, it's probably some local rapper, some D.C. guy, whatever, you know? So the night goes yeah. on. We're partying, whatever, right? So now this guy, this local rapper decides to leave. So this, this local rapper security detail is basically clearing men and women out of his pathway. Like people were just bouncing off these security guards. Like it was, it was I, again. These are like these are like four rhinoceroses with this guy in the middle. Like it was nuts, right? And as this this I want to call it a convoy. As these guys were basically walking a convoy, past, like these these guys are basically walking past us, past me. When I took a look at the guy in the middle, I'm like. Oh fuck, that's Iverson. <laughs> that's fucking AI, right? Cause the guy's in a in a in a he's in a bubble goose uh fatigue coat, you know, with a with a with a scully on, like a winter hat on, do rag underneath it, you know, shade right. on and stuff. But I'm like, oh shit, that's Iverson. I'm telling this story because number one, Philly was not playing Washington the night that night or the night before or the night after. So basically he drove down from Philly to go to, to this party in Washington and drove back to Philly, right? Um, and, and then the other part I, I was like amazed at was I'm like, there's no way this guy's six one. No. Like, I'm like this guy, even in Timberlands, I'm like, this guy's under six feet. Like he's about six feet yeah. tall max with Timberlands. Cause Timberlands give you an extra little boost and like a little extra little height. But I'm like, yo, he's, he's, I'm like, he's, he is not even close to six one. So that, that's where I was like, holy shit, this guy, like I had a whole new respect for him in that moment. Because I realized yeah. the guy's like five eleven, and I'm like, and this guy's giving you thirty a night. This this is like prime Iverson, you know what I mean? Like at this time, this is prime AI when AI was leading the league in scoring still. And I'm like, we um, this, this is incredible. The one year I 
playing at Concordia, mm-hmm. the uh, we had shoot around at U of T before the Phoenix Suns had shoot around. Okay. And my coach had coached the junior Canadian national team with Steve Nash, so we got to stick around. So, you know, Nash came and chatted with us for, like, two minutes. And, like, so you're in the gym. And at the time, they still had Kevin Johnson. Oh, man. And, like, you're in the hallways, right? So we're walking in the hallways, and Kevin Johnson walks by. Like, just looking like a regular hooper. He's got his he's, – he's wearing – I think he's probably wearing flip-flops. He had his sneakers in his hands, you know, like two fingers, right, just carrying your sneakers. And he walks by us, and I'm like – the, the, my friend on the team I was with is a guy named Mark Spence. Spence is like 5'10". And Kevin Johnson was not taller than him. And oh, I was like... That's crazy. I was like... What? So, like, we're talking like Kevin Johnson was like 5'9". Maybe I'm wrong. Let's say he's 5'11". I'm 6'3". I was a lot taller than him. Wow. And they list him at like six or six one. I'm like, yeah. we, we both looked at each other. We're like, there's no way he's six, let alone six one. And you're just watching these guys like be specimens out there. So, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy what some of these guys do. Like what Iverson did is just insane. Yeah. You know? it, it, All right. It, it's funny before you say that another guy too, that like you talk about height. Like I remember, uh, my brother was saying um, one time he was spinning at a party and Mitch Richmond came to the party. It was like this year. It was here in Toronto, but he's like, same thing. Yeah. Mitch Richmond is like six, three, six, four. He's like, Mitch Richmond is like about six, two, maybe max. And just stacked. Yeah. He said he was thick as hell though. But like he was, but like that guy was doing 25 a night to everybody. Jordan, everybody, yep. everybody got it, you know, but he yeah, wasn't, yeah, wasn't yeah. tall, but you're right. Like to your point, like I didn't even know that about Kevin Johnson. That's crazy. And it doesn't surprise me because that's back in the time where they always jacked up your height. Yeah. I mean, I think they still probably do, but now they now they'll say you're six, four or six, six, eight with shoes on. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's funny because you see guys and you'll see guys next to other guys and you're like, Oh, this guy's listed at six, eight. And you're like, he stands next to LeBron, and he's like two inches shorter. They're like, that guy's not six. <laughs> you know? You just, just proportionally, you just look at guys. And then you look at guys like, say, LaMelo Ball or, or Luca, and you're like, oh, you know, they don't look that tall. And then they're standing next to somebody 6'9". You're like, holy shit, they're huge. Yeah. You know? So, all right. So, who's your... Who is your honorable mentions? Well, who's your last guy? Who's who's your last guy? Who's your who's your favorite? Right, it was gonna be it was gonna be AI. Oh, it was gonna be AI. Of, okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, all right. Um, my honorable mention, man. There's a few. Um, I had LeBron as part of it. I'm kind of reluctant to put him on there because to what you're saying before, it's more stature and and the and the like the yeah the physical specimen part of it. But I think the the more I think the big part of his game is his versatility and 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 how yeah. like the point forward be like running the entire offense and you see more teams doing that after he came along like I always say Paul George is kind of like that um yeah Giannis was definitely an influence to that as well you know what I mean like it's in his own unique way but it, it's kind of like you can see where that that kind of came from um I think Durant was kind of on my honorable mention too but it's it's but he's yeah. unique. He's unique too. But like it's unique for that certain type of body, right? Like 
He kind of yes. revolutionized the, that that perimeter position, but like, where are you gonna get a seven foot two guard? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> good good luck finding that and trying to replicate that. Good luck. Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard to say. Who, who was your honorable mention? Um, I mean, I I had Shaq and LeBron kind of in the same category because physically you couldn't recreate them. No. And, and you're just like, yeah, they were hyper-influential, but like LeBron is like a hyper-skilled, super-athletic Karl Malone. What are you going to do with that? Like, you, you're not doing anything with that, yeah. you know? And it's, you know, you're putting magic Michael Jordan and Karl Malone all together and going, hey, go out there and try to do something with that. Like, no. Shaq, you're never going to see another guy like Shaq. I didn't have Barkley on my list probably for the same reason um, because you're not going to see a 6'4 power forward where you're throwing one-handed lobs to him in, in crowds and he's cranking it on a guy's, you know, seven, eight inches taller than him. Or, or, just, or, or catching your floaters. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, K, KD, same thing. How are you going to replicate a seven-foot two-guard, a guy who's going to break you down, hit the deep ball, and just be maybe the most unbelievable scorer you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a keen, like, you could have talked about Oscar Robertson as the first sort of, like, triple-double machine, but I never saw him play. Yeah. I never saw I never saw Wilt play. I flirted with Akeem, you know, too, Olajuwon, but I don't think yeah, enough, Bill, enough, Bill people Russell, enough people didn't replicate Akeem's game, though. Sorry not to cut you off, but, yeah. Yeah, and it's they they replicated his moves, but like, but he didn't transform things, right? You yeah. couldn't you couldn't look at the game and go, oh, like those guys are like Hakeem. No, yeah, because you weren't you weren't getting that. Same with Tim Duncan, you know. Like, there's no as amazing as he is, there's no player like him, and nothing changed. He was just. He was like a mini Kareem almost. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's really hard to come up with guys who changed how you did things. Yeah. And changed your perception. You know who I flirted with a little bit in terms of uh, putting him on the list? I, I kind of flirted with the idea of putting Scottie Pippen on here. I didn't do it, though. But really? the point forward, just, just from the whole point forward perspective. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where I was thinking about it with him. I didn't put him on, like, you know, yes. but I was kind of like thinking of the idea of like, hmm, maybe, maybe Scotty, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard with the triangle, though, because if you think about when Phil Jackson won the triangle with the Lakers, Lamar Odom brought the ball up a lot of the time. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And that was very, like, that's what Pippen did, right? You're having your, Lamar was like their four man. They're three, four, and he was the one setting the offense. And sometimes it was Kobe, and sometimes it was Fisher. But I would say, you know, a slight majority of the time, you know, 45, 50% of the time, it was Odom. Yeah. And you so, know, you know what's interesting about Odom, though? That's like the one career. He's like the perfect example of like a Hall of Fame career. Like, doesn't matter the type of talent you have, certain things have to break right in your favor for you to be yep. a Hall of Famer. Like, he's, like, the prime example of that because 
had he not gone to like the Clippers to start his career. You know what I mean? Like had he went to like right. another team that was like, you know, like had a, a strong developmental yeah. program. Because when he was coming out of college, I was like, yo, I I saw. I remember I had the first couple of years when he was in um with the Clippers. I went to like a couple of those games where they came to play Toronto, and I'm like, yo, this guy's skill set is dumb. You know, because he's like six ten. He was incredible. That alley oop. Do, do you remember the alley oop where it's like he it's thrown to him ahead on the break, and he's at the foul line, and he does yeah. something ridiculous. He just flips to Darius Miles. Yep. 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 They're like, what is this? Yeah. He's insane. He insane. Was, he was the phenom, but from his childhood to like the whole college thing was kind of shaky because he went to Rhode Island. He went to the Clippers that was just like a, a complete shit show for a while. Then he goes to Miami. But, you know, as soon as he, he played, what, he off, played weather, he, he did. Miami turned him around. He did. But then he went to L.A. So it was like he was like right back to like being under Kobe, which, like, again, he won a championship. You know, like that was probably his most successful time in terms of team success. But it was like, man, he, that, that was a Hall of Fame career. Like I just think that just it just didn't break right. If he went on another team, you know, we might be talking about Odom in a completely different way. But he wasn't a number one. He wasn't a scorer. Like, he's going to get you 18, but he didn't shoot it very well. He, that just wasn't him, right? Right. Like, maybe maybe he shoehorned him in, but the best version of Lamar Odom at who he was as a player was with the Lakers and with Miami. Miami really – Miami was the team that had him handle the ball a lot mm-hmm. with a structure. The Clippers didn't have a structure. They had nothing. There was a dumpster fire. When he went to Miami – that's when it was like, oh, wow, you're really seeing the structure around him helping him flourish. Yeah. And then, you know, then the Lakers and then his personal life turned into a train wreck. Right, right. Like, even looking at this top 75 list right now, like, it's it's tough, man. Like, it's 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 tough to, like, this word, you know, doing this pod is a little unique. Like, as you said, like, we, I think we both on our own. And I and I like doing these lists because I, I don't like sharing like okay I have this guy before we go on out you know just we just drop it at the same time but like it's hard man I, I had a hard time coming up with that five I, I really had a hard time well and this is why when we talked prior I was like what are the parameters here like what are we trying to pick this on because that that's that's what makes it difficult or easy right if you're right. just like who who is the most like influential you're going to pick the guys who like influence sneaker culture and all that stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, and, but, and, and, some, and, and we picked some of those guys. <laughs> we did. It's true. But not, but not for those reasons though. That, and that's no. why, cause I was like, you know, if you do that, it, it, the list becomes a little easier. Right. Cause even like a, somebody yeah. like LeBron, like, Le- like LeBron's, LeBron's on that list. Though. Yeah. He's on that list because of the, the whole player empowerment thing. That's his baby. Right. Totally. Like, so, so he's on that list, but I don't know if he influences the game, you know, between the lines that way. Not like these other guys. I'm not saying he doesn't, but, like, it's not quite the same. There's nothing that you're going to take from LeBron game-wise where you're like, oh, man, that's a LeBron. Like, you see a whole generation of people, you know, becoming that type of player. Like, again, it's hard to replicate because a lot of no. it is his body. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to replicate that. Well, it's it's the mix of his body and, and his, his skill set. Yeah, and his mind. Right. Like his crazy. I was talking to you know Greg Francis. Yes. We were talking to Greg, and they're like, 
he goes, you, you don't understand what LeBron, and this is years ago, years ago, Greg basically said, LeBron's handles are so underrated, the guy goes wherever he wants. At 6'8 and 260 pounds and hyper-athletic, he doesn't, he's not jumping over guys. He's He's getting there with his handles. Like you can't, you can't recreate. Like that's the thing that doesn't get talked about with him, right? Mm-hmm. Or one of the things. But you can't. The guy's a monster, and I think the best compliment I can give to him at this point is like I'm bored of watching him because it's like and here's another highlight from LeBron. Okay, mm-hmm. like he's so good and you've seen it for so long and he's like so smart that you're just like, eh, can I watch somebody else do this? Like you're so <laughs> bored of it. <laughs> no, it's too, you know? who else is your honorable mention before we, before we go? Um, I mean, do I put Bill Russell on there? I never saw Bill Russell play. The guy won 11 championships, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's, you just you're trying to figure out things that changed, and you can't pick styles. Um, but yeah, those to me those are the most influential in terms of you're watching him play and just going, how do they do that? Who else? How could I do that? You can't, you know, like you just can't. So, but, but yet, there's a generation of people that's still trying to do it, or 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 like totally. replicated it. You know what I mean? Or try to replicate it. You know, yeah. like, like the like the fact that Steph has clones in the league right now is crazy. Right, like yeah. it's wild. It's it's wild to see that. Like he's still playing. He's still like in his prime, and like he already has like clones out there. It's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Did okay. you have anybody else on your list? No, I think that was pretty much it. Like especially, like I said, looking at, I I like the Doctor J one though. That one I that one I like because I I kind of flirted with that too, you know. But I, I just because I'm like I didn't want to put him and MJ on on the list. You know what I mean? But yeah, because, and, because, I, mean, I knew I was going with MJ. I'm like, ah, I'm just, I won't, I won't put Doctor J. But yeah, but we talked about it like that whole era of Larry Magic, Doctor J. They're the precursors to all the, you know, Kareem. They're the precursors to everything we're seeing. You know, it's like some kid who says, "Yeah, I really like Justin Timberlake." I'm like, "You ever heard of Michael Jackson?" They're like, "No, was he any good?" You're like, "What?" Um, yeah, Stevie Wonder. None of this. Like you can't. <laughs> like you can't have this without that. You know. Right. So it's hard. It's hard, especially in that era where the NBA went from like this nothing league to what it was. That was the early eighties, and that was Magic, Jordan, Magic, Bird, and and, and Dr. J. And then Michael came along a little bit later, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know what I almost flirted with actually, just looking at the top seventy five too, is um, but I I didn't put him on because it, it was more, I mean the success was for him too, but I felt like it was just as much team style as it was himself, and I was gonna I would say Nash. I flirted with the idea of putting Nash on because he did influence a lot of guards. But he did. I'll give him that. But yeah. it's, but it's just yeah, that, that it, seven second, seven second or less. Like it worked in concert together. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't even have his one time in even his time in Dallas, right? When he really started to come into his own, he brought a lot of that European 
kind of like one foot shooting, mm-hmm. keep your dribble alive, like a lot of that old man stuff. He brought that. He started that in Dallas. Yeah, you're right. You did. And and they took the. Uh, he was the first. I won't say he's the first, but it was way more prevalent to watch him dribble across the baseline, like from one side of the court to the other, and make a play. Whereas most guys are going to dribble into the paint and they're going to leave their feet. Yeah. He just kept the dribble alive. The first one I ever saw do that was semi-regularly was John Stockton. He's the mm-hmm. first one to do that. Yeah. Nash made it like part of the play. Yeah. <laughs> like they had that one where he would go along the baseline and Stoudemire would streak down the middle. Mm-hmm. And if you went to Stoudemire, he gave it to the shooter in the corner. And if you stayed on the shooter in the corner and you helped on Stoudemire, he kept well, then he would just, he would do that little circle and shoot a one-foot jumper from 10 feet. Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, oh, that's part of your offense. That's not an accident? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if, he... if, you, if you Google any list of, like, top 25 most influential players, I think Nash is on it. Yeah, and I got flirted with it, and you're right, because he did, he did influence a lot of guards to do that. You're right. Like, it's... Yeah, like that 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 Phoenix era. It's it's a shame. I always said it's a shame he didn't get a chance to at least play in a final during that time because there was there was so nice to watch, man. Especially when Stoudemire yeah. was healthy, there was just oh, there was so nice to watch. So sick, so yeah. sick to watch, man. <clears throat> hard to watch if you liked any kind of defensive commitment. It was hard to watch. Yes, that too. <laughs> if you just if you just wanted to watch up and down, amazing. Like probably one of my favorite series, and I forget the year. I don't think it's the year that Hoy um, broke Nash's nose, hmm. but it was a year that uh, San Antonio played Phoenix in the conference finals. finals yes, the first year they were in the, the, the the Suns were the the seven second finals. Yeah, it was the first year Brent Barry played for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And Barry, like the whole year, they're like, "Oh, hey, this guy's gonna be a big player for us," and everything. And he kind of like he was okay, but they got into that series with the Suns, and Brett Barry was like killing it. And I was like, "Oh, this guy! This is why you were talking about him. Like he played amazing." I think it was a six-game series. Like I, I wish they'd get like, could they play t- best of twenty-one? Yeah. Like I, I was, I would, I could have watched that every night. It's funny you you brought up Stockton. The last thing I'll say is, because um, you say he's the first one to, to to keep the handle, he was the first yeah. one I ever saw do the um, like step into his three, like on a fast break, the transition three. He was the first. Oh one really? I, like, yeah, he was the first one. He's the first one I ever used to see like that. Come came on a fast break, and if his if his guy was back put a little too far, he hit you with the three, and he always made it. He always made it, and then I used to love watching him do it, and I and I still remember to this day Marbury. I think took that from him, and Marbury was like, "Yeah," he said. Stockton, I got that from Stockton. He said, "Stockton, I would be guarding Stockton, and I would back put a little too far, and bam, right in my face." You have know? you uh, have you ever seen the podcast where um, the knuckleheads are talking to Baron Davis, and they're like, "Who's the first guy to bust your ass?" Or no, it was all the smoke, and they asked him something, and he's like, "John Stockton, man." He's like, 
Oh yeah, Stockton was a Stockton was a bad guy, man. He was a bad. And boy. the first thing, the first thing they all say is like, he was big, like he was bigger than you thought. Strong. He's like, yeah. Baron's like, yo, dude, he's like six four. He came out, I was like, damn, you're big. And he's like, he goes, I get in the game thinking I'm all that, and like, Stockton stole it from me, like three possessions in my first shift and I was like, man, I don't know where I can find him. I don't know where he is. And like I felt like I was like, man, I don't belong here. Yeah, Stockton so, they, they, that's a that's a joke. Like Stockton got a lot of people like that. Like the, some of the most oh. flashiest players are like, oh Stockton like I couldn't I like I couldn't keep him off me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. I mean they could and they couldn't get it from him either. Yeah. His handles were like I wouldn't say his handles were super tight because he wasn't like he wasn't putting a lot of moves on you. But if you want to talk about a guy who kept it in his frame, yeah, and there's there was nothing you could do, like yeah, you, you never you never stole you never stole the ball from him. But they said on top of that too, they said he was strong as hell. He didn't yeah. he didn't look it, but they're like he was strong as hell. So if you tried to steal it, you were getting like a forearm, a shoulder. You know what I mean? Like even at that size, he wasn't the like the tallest guard, but like. Yeah, like he like he would punk you. He would punk you. They used and think about their offense. They used to run that up screen where they would pass to the wing, move to the other wing, Carl Malone would be at the elbow, and Stockton would up screen. Yeah. Like you're having your Hall of Fame point guard up screen the biggest strongest guy on the other team like you're gonna like you're trying to kill him but stockton was perfect at it yeah you know and just like because now you got your two best players in an, in an in an action where you got to switch like what are you gonna do you know so he he was a player like again didn't change the game but just played it perfectly no i i i, I agree well, I guess we can wrap this up, but man, this 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 was fun trying to put this together, man. This is like it it became more fun and harder as I was trying to put the list together. Like it was, <laughs> it was trying to freak, especially when I kept looking at the top seventy five. I'm like, damn it, you know, like who? Yeah, it just it, it it's 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 a lot more. It's it's a lot harder, man. It's a lot harder to 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 put it together than you realize. Some some good people yeah. on this list though, man. Like damn, like who? Like I'm tired. I'm tired from thinking so much, Calvin. <laughs> I've done my job. I've done my job. I'm, my brain's tired. That's 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 awesome. I've done my job. <laughs> thank you for checking out the latest edition of the Av Podcast. And thank yous and shout outs goes out to Bill Gagne for coming through and comparing our top five list together. Uh, which ended up being six for him, actually, now to think of it. I got cheated out of my own podcast. So, oh, well. Uh, catch up, catch me next week with a new episode of the Av Podcast. I'm approaching my 200th episode of the Av soon. The annual State of the Raptors address will be dropping in a few weeks. And like I keep teasing, I have a fantasy draft that I'm working on. And if you're about the culture, I think you'll really appreciate it. Plus, in the spirit of Flashback Friday... Uh, check out my first live on my South Shore Ave Instagram page. That's simply spelled South Shore Ave, where I'm joined by the family. We break down the trade deadline and all the crazy shit that happened last week. Boom. Hit that like button, rate, review, and subscribe. 
please leave those good ass reviews and check out SashaRav.com for all of the work that's been done. Once again, that's SashaRav.com. For Bill Gagne, this is Cal C. And you just tuned into the Av Podcast on Sasha Rav Radio. All right, until next week. Peace. We out. And for the Ontarians out there, have a happy long weekend.